0: A vast spoiler cast covering the three missing shows and the books. Uh, for people who've never heard of the spoiler cast before, uh, it's where we give our predictions on what his and Angela will think of the upcoming shows/slash books. With me today, I have Rosie. Hi. I have Ian. Hello. I have Jonathan. Hello. I have, and I have Darren. G'day. Um, all of you have been on before except Ian. Yeah, Molly so, said feedback before. So, if you want to just quickly introduce yourself, Ian, and just let the listeners uh, tell the listeners how you first got into Red Dwarf. Okay, I'm Ian.
1: I've been into Red Dwarf since I was about 15. I actually got introduced through a school friend who had Series 5 on video, and that was the first Red Dwarf I ever saw. And then, about two, three months later, Series 6 started on TV. So, I didn't see a lot of the original series in first run, but it hooked me almost straight away. And, yeah, I did really enjoy Series 6 when it came out. Um, And... Well, how I've gotten into podcasting, I've really only been doing it for the last couple of months, starting my own little uh, podcast called Down Below, Babylon 5 Introcast. Um, Yeah, so that's my little plug for that show. Um, Apart from that, um, I've just been really enjoying the um, uh, Red Dwarf Introcast Um, since almost the beginning. When I first found it, you had uh, just done Series 1, and been listening ever since, always thinking about sending in some feedback, but it wasn't until I started my own show that I thought, yeah, why aren't I doing
2: this?
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, well, thanks very much. We all appreciate the feedback, and you'll be hearing more about the down, uh, Down Below podcast a little later on when I play the ad. Oh, cheers. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, basically, as I said, on this show, we're just covering the three missing shows and the book. So let's get straight into it with the first show, which is the the end, the original assembly. Yep. Um, not quite sure at this stage how I'm actually going to get Ethan Angeles to watch this, because it was never actually released on Region 1. It was actually only ever released on Region Two, which is over here, and I believe Region Four, which is yep. Uh, Australia. Yep. It's about walk well, across. I'm going to cross that bridge
3: when we
2: when, I, when
3: we get there. That's actually You should take the original podcast that you did, and then yeah. just like take about seventy percent of it out, and then put new opinions into it.
4: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that are um, completely
5: sh-
2: smoked. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> And that's, oh, you could just and that's
3: my fault, by the
1: way. It was my job to try and source a copy of the end and I couldn't find one online.
4: But I think uh, the thing about it is that they, they definitely got the right wand to go you know, at the beginning. Mm. Yeah, um, definitely. And so things that were left out of the end probably should have been left out Um But
1: you know, it's always interesting to watch. And oh no, it's okay. Go on. I'm just saying I haven't actually seen it myself because it's on the DVD. I've not been able to get around to the
0: DVD yet. Yeah. Yeah. um, Little bit of history on the um, on the body snatches uh, collection. Uh, It it was uh, released over here, and then we had the riots a few years ago. And unfortunately, one, it, there was. They
4: burned every copy.
0: It, it almost, <laughs> yeah, almost, actually. <laughs> and it's, and it, it's never, never officially deleted, but nobody can find the copy anywhere, I know. And, um, a bit of my history on the, uh, box app was, uh, I bought myself my copy when it, uh, first come, up, come out many years ago. And I actually got burgled in February of twenty twelve. And one of the many things that they took was my PlayStation and the DVD box that that was sitting on top of the PlayStation. Are you sure it wasn't Doug Naylor and he's just, <laughs> <laughs> he's just
4: trying to get you me know back.
0: going
1: a <laughs> rational copy, so uh,
3: <laughs> If that's true, I'm not telling him where I live. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I kind of find it hard to believe that the Master Files aren't available somewhere, because they keep them in six places, generally. I think mm-hmm. maybe the fact that they, have, they haven't they have done a half-run to replace the ones that were burnt might suggest how well it's sold.
3: No, with Red Dwarfs they keep them in a bean can inside a swing-top bin. <laughs> yeah, or
4: under the mattress. It's fine. <laughs>
5: Sorry,
4: Shane.
0: I was about to say, they should put them in they should put it in their own vote. So if anything happens, it's their own vote.
2: Yep. <laughs> I saw oh, one that. Was my, uh,
0: that was meek okay, A massive. <laughs> um, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm not a massive fan of the the episode. The end as it is released. I mean, um, it's got a massive, massive job to do, which is set up everything. Yeah. <clears throat> and obviously, it spends a lot of time doing. it, Doing that, and doing doing it fairly well. I mean, you know, give it its credit. But then it's about rewatch value. If you once you've seen them once, so you, you're kind of just sitting there going, "Yeah, I know, I know what happens here." You know, yeah. it's not. No, I mean, you... apart from the dear Dave, dear Dave joke, I don't think there's a lot in it that makes me laugh the second time.
4: Yeah, no, you're right. It, 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 it's 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 the sort of episode that you love for nostalgic reasons, but it, it doesn't really give an awful lot. I mean, I can probably recite every single line because I've watched it so many times, but it it's not one of the best episodes of Red Dwarf.
3: No. And I I wonder whether I'm harder on it because I never saw it on broadcast, so I kind of picked up the show from the second episode, so it was quite a long time before I had to go back and really watch it. Okay. Well, I, mean,
1: yeah. I was going to say, I find myself... When watching it, laughing at setup up of things to come further down the line, or laughing at the jokes that are made from the book, and filling in the blanks from the book.
4: Yeah.
0: I mean, um, this, the original assembly is for lack of better term rubbish, compared to the original to the original episode. I mean, there's almost next to no jokes in it.
3: It adds back in some cringe moments as well. Yeah, yeah. You've got the Kachansky sliding down the chair cringe yeah. moment. Yeah, and then a sort of moment. Of, I mean, I think the funeral scenes actually it adds something when you read it in a script of that episode. Mm. But in terms of how it was executed, the special effects it makes the whole show look more shoddy. Yeah, it's so
0: when yeah. I mean, the only thing I like about that is the fact that this is actually wearing a black tie.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: And <laughs> um, also, if, we've also got to consider with the the live broadcast version, they had a lot of practice with that because of the the false yeah. starts to the series have happened.
2: Mm. So that happened.
0: So of course, because that was
1: yeah, that
2: was
0: uh, show seven of six, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, there's actually there was actually one little thing I did actually like about the end of assembly, and This is completely and utterly really stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, when uh, this was going around the ship, and it, it's the everyone's dead Dave scene, and he enters the exam hall from the wrong direction, as in, he, he enters from the back of the set in the uh, there's a missing, there's a uh, missing wall around the back of the certain end and from the ant- back, you know what I mean. Yep. Mm. From for from, for from, from me personally, that actually makes it look in like different areas of sh- the ship. You know what I mean? mm. Could work. Well, as I said, I've not seen
1: it, so I can't picture it. Mm. So. <laughs> Well, for for a, a ship that's five miles long and three miles wide, it's got a very claustrophobic feel to it. Sometimes, mm.
4: yes, it does. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> you
1: know, at least the Babylon stations could have pulled a whole garden area.
5: <laughs> Indeed.
4: Well, as we know that the Red Dwarf can um, contain a whole garden area with squirrels and everything,
1: so I just don't ever see it. Yeah. Well, B5 had had Miracle Producers anyway. They managed to get Walter Koenig to act convincingly. <laughs> okay, right. Well, I've got to warn my newbies not to listen to this now. All right, <laughs> Shane can edit that bit out.
2: <laughs>
0: <coughs> they've only got wait, you've only got to wait a few weeks until, until Basta arrives. I
1: suppose. Actually, yeah, Mind War's next week, so yeah. Yeah,
2: it's
1: fine. Well, it was a teaser until Shade specified who the character was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Bagger>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Has anybody else got anything more on uh, the end of the original I mean, how do you think Heath are going to react, basically?
4: I think they're going to think, God damn it, we thought we were over this.
3: I'll <laughs> 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 we'll get a lot of deja vu to begin with. You know? <laughs> yeah. I doubt they can remember back to what the end was like when they first watched it. So unless they're comparing the two, yeah. yeah. The word that's coming to my
1: mind is perplexed. Yes,
4: I think they. I, I think they they absolutely love doing this whole thing, but they will look at this and go, "Oh, yet the first episode again." But with extra things added, oh <laughs> <Well>, no!
1: <laughs> At least you're not making them watch the American Pilot again. <laughs> 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 and guess whose idea the second American Pilot was?
4: Mm. Hello,
2: Darren. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Darren, good day, Darren. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> that wasn't we'll bad. We'll, <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: what was we'll, we'll move on to uh, we'll move on to Body Snatcher um which is actually the which is actually going to be our next episode that we're recording uh, next week um at this stage I don't know actually know if Heath and Angela have actually watched it yet they'll probably be watching it sometime next week um first of all how do you think they're going to react just it it just being an audio story with steals, if that makes sense I
3: think it'll be um it'd be interesting to sort of like the, the way that I got into body snatcher is like many of us, I was going through that long, long period where there was no new, new red dwarf at all, and you were so starved and so hungry for anything interesting and new. And then you got this episode. So there was a real longing for it to be good. Um, and that's how we approached it. I think a lot of us that bought the box set, um, Whereas Heath and Angela were told at the end of your beginning podcast that this existed Mm -hmm. and what it's made from. Mm -hmm. So they'll be a lot more bemused, I think, as to the fact that something like this exists. I don't know how long it will take them to get over that.
1: Well, because they haven't um, heard the audiobook versions of the first two books yet, Mm -hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see what they make of um, Chris Barry's impressions. Yeah, that's right.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. -hmm. uh, Yeah, Because I was just going to say, I'm I'm assuming you guys, like myself, have listened to the audiobooks. And so you're used to Chris Barry's versions of the characters. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's going to be completely new to them. Although, as, as really, really big geeks, coming from big geeks, so I'm not insulting them, okay. storyboarding should be a concept they're used to. Because nearly all sci-fi shows,
0: storyboard. That's uh, very true. Um, I mean, it's slightly longer than... I think it clocks in, I think, at about 36, 37 minutes, I think. off the of my head. So, certainly longer than a proper Red Dwarf episode.
4: Yeah. And I think, obviously, they they recorded it and um, decided it wasn't a good idea to put out. Am I right?
0: No, you're not. uh, Oh,
4: no, I'm not. Okay.
0: Basically, what happened was they started to write it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it was going to be going out as a second episode, I think. Yeah. And they started to, basically, they started to write it, thought it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So they decided to, um, you know, basically metaphorically throw the script in the bin. Yeah. Okay.
4: Well, what what I've got from it is that, that they, what they would written, it, it puts Rimmer into a incredibly bad light straight away and that's not something they wanted to portray so early on Um, you know you have to build up to that to get that character portrayal Um, and and, yeah so
1: several of the ideas are used in body swap too so
2: Mm. Mm. I I think uh, everyone compares it to that uh, so I'm sure
0: Heath and Angela will
1: Mm. yeah Um, yeah, you a lot, lot of stuff gets used later from Me squared as well, We and it, just in terms of, you know, having two versions of the same character and them not getting along, you just yeah. write a list of Rimmer and, you know, the strength then comes in the performance rather than the script, I think, with Me squared
2: Yeah.
4: Yeah, and, yeah and, and Chris Barry could absolutely carry that off. Um, Craig Charles.
1: Yeah, at that point, He's his acting—yeah, so his acting wasn't strong enough yet. At mm. that point,
0: yeah,
1: he was—he yeah. was still very much the snarky comedy poet. Yes, yeah, snarky and, <laughs> and lucky to
4: be there.
3: <laughs> so, remind me—is there much uh, of Norman Lovett's holiday, uh, Holly, in it?
2: There's there's a, there's a bit.
3: Because they might be not really happy much, about that.
2: Not much, though.
0: I mean, not overly much, but, you know, he is a, a presence. I mean, he's much, he's uh, in it much more than the end Division Assembly.
3: Yeah. So that's something they might enjoy about it. I mean, I, I guess they'll spot where it's sort of in the early early couple of series it's supposed to fit in. Mm. Yeah. I
0: mean, um, I can never remember with the joiners because obviously they threw the script out and then they finished the script off for the uh, dVD box up
3: oh the and extra they, writing with with Rob coming back, yeah
0: yeah I can never remember i can never remember what the joiners so but um but they they did they actually rewrote the entire episode, so I did you know added jokes.
1: Yeah, they gave it polish. Yeah, yeah, exactly
3: described it,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway you can tell that no, it feels like um a lot of it is a bit stilted and a bit oh I'm trying to find my feet here again. Yeah. So that's probably why. Mm.
4: So, I mean uh, that that's the whole thing with Red Dwarf and it's the thing that I love that they oh Often completely un- unorganized and don't quite know where the scripts are going, but it just works. And they pick the thing that, that pick the things that work and um, go with it.
1: Yeah, just one step down from improv.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> but when you got when you've got um, good stand up comics as your main cast, it's probably not a bad thing to do is to let them improv a bit.
0: No, yeah, def- oh, d- definitely not. I mean, of course, uh, I don't think Craig Charles did, I, I, he done, did any act- proper acting before Red Wolf So
1: no, he's, um, he's claimed to fame. He was the comedy poet on the David Frost show at
0: that point. And Wogan.
1: Oh yeah, Wogan. Sorry, I'm wrong. Wogan. I'm an old man trying to remember a long way back. That's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. <laughs>
3: Okay. <laughs> well, there's a scene in, in Body Snatcher that, that they would have never been able to film, which is the Scutter fight.
0: Yeah. Oh, of course, of course, of course.
3: They're unable to film Scutter Holds Pencil. So, like, <laughs> two Scutters <laughs> fighting. Yeah. Unless it was two glove puppet versions, and they're very close up and frame, you know. And,
1: and I'm sure uh, Craig Charles wouldn't be happy about get has go getting that close to his head either.
0: <laughs> oh the board cap, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, there's the scene where this coach went to pull some of his eyebrow out. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> He'd have been blinded.
1: Mm. also has to be remembered going back to Robin Doug as well up until Red Dwarf they hadn't really written the same story continuously. Before. I mean, they'd done Wrinkles for two seasons, which was a radio show. But before that, it they was.
0: setting um, image. Yeah, which
1: they had the freedom to just let their ideas run wild because they only had the right five minute sketches.
3: And you can pull the, an eyebrow off something when it's a puppet pretty easy.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> Although I am sad
1: that um, The Invisible Man. Uh, the Invisible Man. Sorry, the. Transparent Man and the
0: Invisible Kid didn't get made. That sounds like an awesome series. <laughs> we need Spitting Image back. Oh, oh yes. yes. Any TV producers out there listening to this? We need it back now. World
1: oh, there are any we have, we have politicians a general election that are easy year. to
3: caricature these days, though. They all seem very bland.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Well, mate,
2: that's
3: because we Thank you, Ed, the image. band. <laughs>
1: world politics is demanding it. We need an international version of spitting images now.
0: Yep. <laughs> oh, you've just, you've just got the mental image of Barack Obama <laughs> as a spitting image character. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be brilliant.
1: Well, he lends himself to the idea so well in my opinion.
0: Let's have a look. We've got Band who is as bland as bland could be. Uh, we've got uh David Cameron. Snap. Yeah. And um Nick Clegg.
1: They're a couple of years oh. out of date, but you've got as you're clueless <laughs> celebrities, you've got to have those twins from Ireland that did the Eurovision.
2: I don't think of yeah. Jedward. Well
1: huh? well I've just I've just tweaked what you do with um you know, the politicians, Edwin about um Nick Clegg and um over camera, you just have the same puppet for all three of them and just change uh, your badge on
3: them. That's how you save on budget <laughs> uh, uh,
1: and I mean you the, pay up the blandness.
3: It'd be the same in this era of like uh, reality TV where people are really famous but for a very short period of time, you have to get through a lot of puppets, wouldn't you? And then it wouldn't be much to watch back in about a year's time. Who like, Who's that guy? <laughs>
0: Not all. Yeah, no, I should point out not all politicians are bland. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've gone on from back back to a
2: bit <laughs> Yeah,
0: back to Red, Red Dwarf. Yeah, we're just so we're so keen
1: to have someone snatch some bodies from the high high levels of politics that we just couldn't help <laughs> ourselves. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um.
0: Uh, I don't really if got anything more to say on uh, Body Snatcher before we move on to Identity Within. No, I think that about covers it.
1: I've just noticed how completely bare Wikipedia is on this. The Wikipedia entry for Body Snatcher is one line about the actual episode, and the rest goes on to basically an ad for the, the DVD.
0: To, uh, so we'll move on to identity within and we're jumping forward. Fan uh, fiction. Seven...
2: Oh,
4: <laughs> okay, sorry. No, go on. No, no, no. You, you can go ahead, Rosie. I, uh, I was just going to very much read out Jonathan's notes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> go, ahead, take it, take it, please. <laughs> For Body Snatcher. Okay. okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> he said, How's Rimmer's character moving in a different direction, more unhinged direction? Uh, that's not good English. <laughs> Here is the more char- uh, char- characterful version of the Medibot. Closer to Series X version, but better. The first time Rob and Doug worked together since Series 6 to work the missing ending. Presumably this is from the bunk room. Does that make any sense to anybody? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why she actually
0: wanted. Yeah, that's the one, the one thing actually we, we didn't mention, actually, in the Medibot. Yeah,
3: the mm-hmm. Medibot. Impersonated ten, as Tony Hawks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Chris Barry does a pretty good impression of Tony Hawks.
1: Yeah, it would uh,
2: Far better than uh, like the right Shale Series 1. Yes.
1: Like right Central Series 1. You'd have Tony Hawks. I kind of expect that one to go into a a rendition of um, spinning images I've never met a nice sound South African. Okay, sorry, Shane. No,
4: that's
2: fine.
1: A song that was written, if anyone looks it up on YouTube, by the way, bear in mind that was a song written during the height of apartheid, so people were deliberately trying to be insulting to South Africans at that point.
0: Yeah, well, well, I said we'll move oh, on to identity within. Jumping forward, seven fan seasons. fiction. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh Well, yeah. I mean, I
0: mean, it was it was going to cost way too much to produce, wasn't it?
3: What yeah. you have with Body Snatcher is Rob Grant coming back, which is amazing. Everyone's always wanted him to come back, you know. Yeah and completing a script from uh, when they were together and it was a high point of creativity. And with Identity Within, you've got uh, another writer that was never used on the series eventually, uh, coming in to support Doug with ideas and scripts. And we've got a presented version of the script that presumably would never have made it to camera in that form. It would have had massive rewrites from Doug if they went with this episode. Yeah. So, and, and, and it feels as, sorry, less sorry. of an episode. Sorry.
2: Yeah,
4: I was just going to say, just, just obviously, a, a very cat-based episode.
1: Yeah, a which... lost promise of an episode, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it would have had right, and a lot of comedy, I'm sure, would have been added to it, but, it's something that, I mean, Heath and Angela really have wanted to see. They'll, They'll enjoy at last seeing something with a cat in it, even if it's not official. And um, yeah, it could be reworked. You know, you could have pared it down to something much more simply, you know, simplistic, I suppose. But it was set at the beginning of series eight as well, so that's probably another reason why it wasn't made because they had to fit a lot of rimmer-centric stuff in, didn't they?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because, um, yeah, of course, with them leaving, you know, that to have stoked me a clipper.
1: Also, you know, also, I think they might have got in trouble conceptually, too, because at that time, Paramount was really going after anyone that even looked like they were stealing their property, and it really is, in a way, a rewrite of Star Trek's A Mock Time. Yeah which is uh, one where Spock yeah. has to return to Balkan because he has to have sex every seven years or he'll die
2: <laughs> yeah, well
1: again in the rewrites they might have tried for that and then dropped it because of that very reason and just given him another reason to find a female cat yeah
0: Even if you're saying that though I mean the previous year um Duckman Uh, had an episode called Pig Amok, which was basically the same story all over again. Yeah. And that was uh, the previous story in 96.
1: Which puts it just before Viacom took over Paramount and started really going after things. So yeah, that's still within, that still works for my pet theory. Oh, okay. Uh, I see. Yeah, rewrite, just thinking of how to rewrite ways, a simple way to change the story would be Finding a um escape pod with a female cat in it, and you still have the same female cat, you, you can just change the script a bit to make it work.
5: Yeah,
4: yeah, I think they probably they desperately tried to to make it work with um, and and continuing uh, continuing the storyline and then making it flow over into yeah. the books, but <laughs> it just wouldn't work for the TV series, so that's obviously why they dropped it. But, you know, it, I mean, it would have been really nice to see an explanation for where the cat people went and what happened. Um,
1: yep. Yeah. But also I to guess ha- we don't need it. Also to have evidence that the, cat, the cats left behind on Red Dwarf really were the exception. They were the dumb ones and the smart ones all took off.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <coughs> I mean... Um... we we all know how much Heath and Engines love Duck Soup. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, and of course this Duck Soup was actually the episode written to replace this one.
4: Yeah.
0: So, I think I mean, obviously, they're not going to know this until I tell them on the episode, but um, you know, I wonder if that will shift their opinions slightly.
3: I think Duck Soup's about one of the only episodes I would want to replace with this.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Heath Lo- and Angela have already told me off on their main podcast when they read out some feedback. They were like, "Oh, don't, don't, don't slag off Duck Soup." <laughs> so I've already had that from them. But it's my least favourite. I love yeah. it.
1: We're Thank all you. frustrated comedians. Tell us not to touch a subject. We're just going to want to touch the subject even more. <laughs> I sh- I should... well, I've got to stay quiet here because I kind of like a bit of duck soup,
4: really. <laughs> not all of it, really, not all of it, but I do like
3: bits of it. Oh, OK, don't get me started. <laughs> I only like the, the joke they cut out. Uh,
1: I was watching um Going Off on a Sideline again just to really annoy the people who hate us going off <laughs> on sidelines. I was watching a comic, um, an American comic stand-up show and apparently, the producer had told him to not—he wasn't allowed to do any O.J. Simpson jokes. It was just after the O.J. Simpson case, and I couldn't help wondering about thirty minutes into the O.J. Simpson routine that the comedian did, when the producer realised that was the stupidest thing you could ever say to a comedian if you haven't got it written into their contract for the night. You immediately make the comedian think of every every joke on the subject you've banned that he's ever ever heard quickly <laughs> uh, another thing on um, Identity Within yeah the whole Gelf thing I think would have really had to be re- re- rework because there's no way you could do a creature with three mouths especially on Red Wall's budget yeah and given Ducksit Replace It I think budget is a lot, lar- much larger concern than they generally admit on this one yeah. Hi- replace a high budget show with a bottle show yeah, but it's a big concern.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I mean, as I said before on our previous, on the previous uh, episode on the body section one that we just done, um, you know, them watching, <coughs> you know, scales might drop it down or it might improve it.
2: Well,
1: I think out of the storyboarded episodes, this is the one I like the best. But that's with that qualifier out of the storyboarded episodes.
0: Mm. Yeah, but there's
2: only two, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe with this one, it's there's actually more stills in the storyboard than the previous ones because you know it seems they put more work into presenting this as a lost episode than the other ones. Which I think is also a bit of a joke from Doug. He likes to tease the fans occasionally, and he does it nicely. And it'll, all shows have the root, the the big myth about the lost episode. So he wanted to have the myth apply to him too.
0: I mean, the one good thing. Uh, going back to Body Snatcher for a split second here, um, it actually has an audio commentary. Oh,
2: I forgot so, about that. There's. <laughs>
0: yeah actually has they both have an audio commentary. both identity uh sorry both both body Snatcher and the end division assembly hasn't commentary from both doug and uh Rob so yeah so they definitely did put the effort into um the uh, first two that we've uh, done this episode
4: oh and and Chris Barry is that all right
0: oh commentary
4: uh, oh,
2: okay, no, hi right. right. <laughs> But yeah, okay.
3: isn't there um in uh, identity within? There's some there's some gambling, isn't there? Yep.
2: With the girls, yep. yeah. yeah, yeah. So that
3: sort of re reoccurred in series ten. Yep. Yeah. So it did have some influence, maybe in such a small way. It,
1: it does seem my are will never lost the Red Dwarfs. They just shift them around a bit and reuse them. Oh, yeah, they reuse stuff from their, their previous shows, too. I mean, quite a few of the gags in the first season of Red Dwarfs came from Wrinkles as well.
0: One thing I do like um, about uh, Identity Within, and it's only because I actually watched this particular film just about two or three days ago. It's actually got a reference to Batman Returns. Um, Cat oh. is watching us. Yeah. Cat's watching a side show as part of his medicine quote. And Wonder sets aside with for Michelle Pfeiffer as Cat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: That might also be a consideration because generally when they make the, the jokes too period specific, they, they die after a couple of years whereas the ones where they keep them open-ended are the classic episode jokes. Well, that's my opinion anyway.
0: Well, she, she was cute as a cat but we were know. Uh,
3: are you okay. going to show Heath and Angela the short storyboarded uh, missing episode? Dad?
0: Uh Yeah Uh
3: I mean it's too short for a whole podcast, but yeah. is it is it an extra you showing them at all.
0: Possibly. I mean I'm gonna to be totally honest with you on this one. I haven't actually looked <coughs> for see if it's actually available on YouTube. Okay. So if it, so if it's available on YouTube then yes, definitely. Cool.
1: And we've still got two more um, versions of the Coneto series to, to go through with Special X two.
0: It's very, very true. I mean, uh, currently, at the moment, I uh, that the uh, projected end date of this particular podcast is actually going to be the first week of July. Oh, I'm,
1: um, I'm sure I could spoil your plans on that.
0: Because it will be a, a two-year anniversary at that point. Good place to end it. So, yeah, I thought... Or yeah, well, at least put it on
1: hiatus. Oh, yeah, exactly. Until season I don't believe i will just use that word. <laughs> hiatus. Well, hiatus.
0: hiatus. <laughs> yeah, it's a dirty
1: word. I'm a Doctor Fan. It's a dirty word. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But without hi- without a hiatus, how do they sack all their original writing staff and get in second knock cheap knockoff versions of the originals? Sorry, I'm I'm an Andromeda fan. That's what they did. They had a brilliant oh. show in the first season and the rest of the podcast I was going to do was going to be about slagging the
3: show off after the first season. I I think the last Red Dwarf intro, intro cast should be uh, you trying to show them and make them do a commentary on backwards, forwards, uh, but you just hear the sound of a slamming door. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That, that would be quite fair, actually, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, um, anything else on identity with well, them before we move on to the uh, coup de gras and the books? Mm-hmm.
2: um,
1: no. I'm not Go sure on. they would have been able to afford an actress who had the, the martial arts skill to pull off the fight scene that the female cat was supposed to have pulled off to. Uh, would have been amazing to see on a Red Dwarf budget, but I doubt doubt they would have been able to pay the actress. It would have been The actress fee would have been the entire budget for the show.
3: Maybe Chris Barry could have asked a, a favour from Angelina
2: Jolie.
1: <laughs> well, she owes him a few. Coming from probably, probably the only person who didn't like that version of those movies. Should I hand him my geek pass now?
0: Anyway, um <laughs> we'll move on to the first book.
2: Yay! Hurrah.
0: <laughs> and as your your as you, Rosa, you're a Western expert, do you want to take this one?
4: Take what? <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. It's so it's well amazing. written. It 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 covers so many episodes. And I obviously love Red Dwarf, but it, it it gives you a completely different perspective on everything. Um, and I have read it upwards of 30 times, I would say. <laughs> wow.
1: In the sense that it actually gives
3: you perspective on a lot of things, yeah.
4: Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm.
5: <laughs>
3: All of the intro stuff that is set before the beginning of the first TV episode mm. is just glorious. Yeah,
2: yeah
0: definitely.
1: You, you get a real sense of world of, of characters. And, habit. and you get some lovely little side characters as well that would have just been lost if these were made as TV episodes.
2: Yeah. yeah.
4: I, I can't believe that they hadn't written the first the the books first and then taken things from that, um, but obviously not. But
2: yeah. And and life yeah, Peterson right. was actually I mean, like George th-
3: McIntyre in the TV thing is pretty rubbish, um, mm. but yeah. in the books the guy who's the hologram, I mean, there's a couple there, and it's just brilliant.
5: Yeah,
4: and it, it, it it makes it seem so. it, it continues. Within the story, and that he, he, you know, he wanted to commit suicide, or he, you know, there was a whole story behind it mm. rather than just, oh, he shot yeah. himself
5: or
1: yeah.
4: he died. Um, it was amazing. You
1: actually and, get, yeah, you get three representations of what it's like to be a hologram
2: yeah. and
1: what death as a hologram is like. So, mm. yeah, and,
2: who, and what other It's book a, a proper sci
1: fi novel. Sorry. What, what other book? What other book that anyone's ever read has gives you, given you emotional resonance with a rubber plant? <laughs> um, okay. That close. Uh, yeah, you got. Uh, he took go his to the galaxy.
2: Yeah, that's true. With that's the true, wild. Yeah, yeah. A yeah. um, tuna plant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but two, I, I think.
1: I think also in the books, I like Peterson's actually funny rather than just input tall and annoying. It's how he comes across on the yeah. episode. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I think we know Heath and Angela like character development and the, the emotional arcs and things like that, so I think they'll be gripped from the very start of this book. Definitely. Yeah. I, I
2: mean, I, think so.
0: uh, I know Heath has read the book. I don't know about Angela yet, so... It's kind
2: of disturbing it
1: was sitting on his shelf for years and he never touched it, though. I know, exactly. Apparently he picked it up at a jumble sale as a part of a collection of books for, you know, a 10 for 10 or whatever the deal was. And it just sat on his bookshelf. Yeah, before you record the um, actual episode for it, are you going to get them to listen to the audiobook
0: version? Uh, I I honestly don't know on that one. I mean... um, that was a link that was put up on the introcast's Facebook group, uh, from f- a free trial of, uh, uh, let me know, what's that, what's that website called? All what's all? Thank you, thank you. And um, and he was like, no, we've already got this particular rep- uh, particular book, but he, Angela was like, well, it's read by Chris Barry. <laughs> Yeah, because
1: I've listened to the books on audiobooks, I haven't actually read them. Yeah. Uh, And I just really enjoy them. Yeah. The performance is
4: just brilliant. It's one of the few things that I've I've read and then gone back to listen to them and thought, this is better. Yeah. This is so much better.
0: Mm. (laughs) Hand on heart here, I haven't actually, quote, read... The first book in about ten years.
4: Okay, well then get out.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, because I've had it on audio. Considering it's unabridged.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I just found out Rosie didn't take up one of my reading suggestions when she was looking for well. to read. 'Cause if you've read if you'd read Screwtape and then listened to the audio commentary, Screw Tape Letters by C. S. Lewis is a collection of um letters written by an apprentice demon to his higher up demon in the hierarchy. The audio book was read out by John Cleese. So if you yeah. can imagine I what... a
2: cool audio book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> you would love
1: to listen to that. Oh damn it. <laughs> yeah um it, it reminds me that The the Red Dwarf uh, Infinity Welcomes Capital it's got so many UK comedy references in it or similarities to it because, yeah, there's things in there that could have come from Hitchhikers things that could have come from the whole um, Doug Cleese and the others mm. and then, you know <laughs> yeah, it's just really well written.
4: Yeah. It is it is so well written, and it it yeah, it's it's something completely on its own. It doesn't relate to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I and I love that, but this is something that is special on its own. Um, certain, and certain
0: and places, it's so dark as well, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I mean, we, we've got the better better than life uh, video game. And people actually yeah. you know and people actually die inside of the game, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I think that's something
1: they might really enjoy as well, I mean not necessarily the darkness, but expanding on better than life, because mm-hmm. from what I remember when listening to the better than life episode, they had criticisms of how it was realized and yeah. everything
2: um, yeah. also
1: there's actually really nice bit of symmetry in the uh, storytelling because on IO Lister's using a taxi that hops you know you've got the hopper and at the end um, the Nova 5 uses a duality jump which hops from one place in the universe to another so I mean it's not just brilliant comedy, brilliant character development but the actual crafting of the story, you know, thought yeah. has gone into themes as well.
4: Yeah, it was so incredibly well done. It, yeah, but <laughs> I, I, I just think well, Red Dwarf was a comedy sitcom, obviously, but the books had done so well.
1: To yeah. I think we've um, got. Sorry, I interrupted got, you. There. No, no, it's fine.
4: Go on. I was
1: just going to say we've got to make a distinction between the first two books and the last two because although the last two are good in their own ways, the fact that Robin Doug wrote the first two together is so evident.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: How uh, international brand is Shake and Vac? Are they going to know what that means? <laughs> uh, we've, I
0: think we—that's actually been in an episode. If I remember, oh yeah. yeah, I distinctly remember them asking me about it. So
4: okay, and then it's in uh, a Holly intro. I did, yeah, I, I, I did mention Lucas aid to Heath the other day, and he didn't get it. So you <laughs> okay, <know>. yeah,
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> actually, when <laughs> I was no,
1: uh, no one knows. Yeah, there's actually a few things in the book. I think that are lifted even for a uh, series ten. I think in some of the ways the food dispensers actually react to um, yeah. Lister and stuff, whereas in the first couple of series they react to one way. When you get to series 10, they actually are more like the ones from the book than they are at any other time in the series. So
0: Yeah, but you could, you could also say that about the food, dis- the snack dispenser in se- um, season 8, played by... Uh, Tony uh, Tony
1: mm. He's just he's not in it that much in series eight. And series yeah, eight, I, I try to forget about. It, to be honest, yeah, you try to block it from your memory, and And, yeah. for, that I don't, and for that, I don't
2: blame you. But, uh, TV. Um, <laughs> but all these People,
4: all these one things. Or
2: two. And, no, that's oh, true.
4: Oh, all these things are um, an interaction with a uh, an animate object that shouldn't be allowed to be. In. Sort of talk to or whatever, and they have personalities and they are different. And in the later series, they mm, stand to be pretty
1: terrible. Yeah, they but, can they can afford to be seen and not heard, as the saying goes. Mm, yeah, the, you know it's it, it's
4: it, it's not like they they brought this into to Red Dwarf in later years. They always had it they always had to use inanimate objects to sort of interact with. Um, It just so happens that it didn't go particularly well. Yeah, like Rachel, for example.
2: Sex.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's interacting with an inanimate object, isn't it? (laughs)
0: That's true.
3: I like all the stuff uh, about Rimmer before the accident. um, Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Not existing, he's he's so into his career that he's yeah. using stasis as his only hobby. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: It would have been it gives lovely. You something to sort of because uh, in the series you always get the thing about his parents or his brothers, but with the books you've got this third area of how his life's so tragic. Mm.
1: And that's that's, what a, that's a pity they didn't work that in in some way because. It is so Rima that the one time he needed to be in status is the one time he was hesitating and questioning whether it was a good idea.
4: Yeah, yes. yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah.
1: Also, <laughs> well, uh, sorry, I, I had a complete thought blank there, but anyway. <coughs> <laughs>
3: a lot of the uh, plots being similar in the books to certain episodes. Uh, do you think they'll react well to that? They, they won't mind it being rewritten?
4: I think they'll absolutely love the books more.
2: Yeah, than the episodes.
1: And, the, and the fact that there's stuff in, in there that expands on things in the episodes. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. It's not mm-hmm. They haven't just taken the episodes and turned them into a book they've expanded them, they've actually shifted a few things around so that, yeah, it becomes a better story in some ways. Yeah, And in the case of Backwards, yeah. a much more logical story. The, the logic actually works in the book where where it doesn't really work on the TV episode. Yeah. Well, the Backwards universe in the whole, I mean, it's, it's addressed in the latter half. Well, not the latter half, just the latter couple of chapters or, Chapter in, um, better than life. It, it, the work starts getting done there, and it's obvious. It seems like they they wrote that in at the end of better than life, and thought it was such a good idea to make an episode out of it, but hadn't quite gotten everything sorted yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: They, uh, you're right. They had such a good idea, and. Uh, I am going to agree with Heath and Angela in that I think that backwards, backwards. Sorry, I said that in a very Geordie accent. Backwards, <laughs> backwards, <laughs> backwards. Fell, <coughs> fell very short um, of what was intended. Maybe not. I don't know uh, of what was a general episode of Red Dwarf, but
1: books explained everything so well. Um, that it's also, at, at the time it was being written, the big crunch was actually a genuine idea in science. It hadn't been written off yet. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so,
1: we hadn't nailed down the, the so-called cosmological con- constant number yet. Mm-hmm. Which, for those not familiar with it, that's a, a magical number in physics where if it's over zero, then the universe keeps expanding till it dies of heat death and if it's under zero then it basically the big crunch happens and you get the backwards scenario mm. again another thing in the book I mean just going on to another point is Holly's reasoning for um, everything he does it, it get inside his head and it's a really interesting place to be mm. uh,
2: yeah it so I'm just going on tangents here.
4: No, no, it's, it, it, yeah, I absolutely agree. It's, it 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 shows his sort of eccentric side, um, not having the big IQ that we all thought. Well, yeah. Not we all thought, but you know, yeah. um, but he's certainly intelligent to a certain extent. But, but
1: you so also like the get eccentric. the sorry. Uh, you also get the impression he was eccentric anyway, even when he was, Yeah. you know, talented yeah. with the 6,000 IQ. It's mm-hmm. just, as he's, as he got thicker with, uh, over the time, you know, with, what's it, senility, computer senility, he, he's, his eccentricities increased.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, and just touching on series eight again. And forgive me for doing this, but with Holly in series eight, the lines in that super smart Holly wasn't worth the problem because you still had that quirky personality there with the speech about um, how they're going to feel so much better about getting two years for a different crime than the one they were charged yeah. with. Yeah, or that it was that, just the makeup that ruined book, it, Holly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, the one thing I personally like about the first book, uh, myself, is that we actually see how Crichton uh, kills the crew of the number five. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I clean, but yeah. I clean in the computer. It feels so right
1: as well. And I was giggling <laughs> throughout the entirety of that section of the book. I don't think I stopped giggling once, because mm. you just knew what was coming with Crichton, and, and it's another one of those times where their writing can be so good that you know what's
2: coming and it still gets you anyway. It,
4: it's so good, and it, it, it fits so much into the episodes. It, I mean, reading the books and then watching the episodes just...
2: Yeah. You
4: know, just ties yeah. in so completely.
0: Definitely.
1: And then having the two rumours repair the known five, the <laughs> You, you get more why they're falling out as Well, you get more of their
0: interactions.
1: And, yeah, and and it's also touching on psychological and philosophical points too of the the reflecting the parts of them of himself that he hates the most being mm. sort of mirrored straight yeah. into his face.
3: You get um, great imagination from them. I mean, there's no way again in the series you could have them commanding two. Separate bands of scutters building a ship back together. It's like, I know. it's a massive picture.
1: Interestingly, as well, I'll, when I was re reading, well, re listening to the book recently, there's actually an argument that can be made why Rimmer 2 is actually more neurotic. That you could actually make an argument saying the Nova 5, um, hollowing projector computer is actually damaged as well so any disk that would have been put in there would have been corrupted even a little bit I mean yeah. it's it's left up to the reader but you can make that argument and you can also see a little bit of Lister's reasoning when you, if he's heard some of the end of the argument and the difference in original rumors and second rumors, reactions during the argument and the end of the argument, you could see why he would shut down the second one, whereas in Me Squared, the two rumours are very similar still, and it doesn't matter which one he shuts down.
4: Yeah, but
2: it does
1: matter which one he shuts down. It does, it does, (laughs) on a character level, but on a, you know, just purely... If you didn't think there was a difference between the two, yeah, it wouldn't matter, but we're invested in these characters.
4: Yeah, I, I just think it. this is how it's so incredibly well written, that you can see the difference between the two, and you can in the books, and you can throughout. You know? Yeah. But that's perhaps down to Chris Barry, I don't know. But, you know, there's been several rumours, <laughs> um and uh, yeah, you can see the difference.
1: I can actually yeah. get in, in my amazing
4: mind. job on his part.
1: In my mind, I can actually see the crew filming the the um the sequence from Future Recos where he's basically talking to a blank space and then
2: oh, fills yeah. in with yeah. well, I can yeah, see the crew sitting back
1: happened. I yeah, I see the scene myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, um, it's so well performed. Mm-hmm. And you can actually imagine the crew sitting back going, hell, where did he get that, that performance from? It's just so brilliant. Because yeah, that that, that the, scene is all the performance sells that. Yeah, when you reread the book, in the book as well, it's, he's got the tattoo on his arm already. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh,
1: someone mentioned their theory on... Um, future Echo who's uh, in the last show and it's kind of buying that you know out the out it's the future Echoes we see and the, in time slides the future versions we see are the future versions from out of time yeah 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 so that's what I've always thought anyway as well
3: yeah <coughs> uh. So, I think we should go on a tangent and talk about something else. Um, no, I was going to
0: say, do you want to just move on to the second book?
3: Yeah. Uh, no, we think, I think we should do a tangent and talk about uh, Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life.
2: <laughs> well, that's true. I suppose we could
3: do, yeah. Well, actually,
1: that could be a uh, bonus show you could do for them. You know, yeah, Have
2: they
0: seen
1: that? I've, I you know? never have. I I've never, I've I never have. I would bet that Heath and Andrew have seen that every year since the age they were about four. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I think so.
1: <laughs> that's almost mandatory. That's Wallace and Gromit in America.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: I ne- I am. I've i never seen one for that, so...
3: I don't think I had one mm. and I read the books. Mm. Um, but I've seen it since. It is is very good.
1: Yep. Yeah. I don't think it's Stewart's best movie. For that, I'd go with Harvey, where he's got an imaginary rabbit. Well, from the story point of view, everyone thinks it's imaginary, but the audience is always left in doubt whether it's imaginary or real, the giant rabbit he's constantly talking to. I think that's Stuart's best performance ever in a movie, but I'd say that Wonderful Life comes a very close second. It's, it's
3: so- nicely parallel to Lister because... Um you know the the better than life thing is about whether living in a fantasy is better than dealing with reality, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. the film's a bit more about whether or not you should appreciate the little things in your life more.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, I, w- I was actually going to ask this. anybody heard the BBC radio version of uh, the uh, first book? No. Oh
2: yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know it's out there. I can't,
0: I, I'm sure I must have had some, but I can't remember what the difference is. Uh i I've, ne- I, I'm going to be honest with you, I've never, I've never actually heard the BBC radio version. uh it cuts it down from a total running term of eight and, of well over eight hours, to two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot must have been cut out. So I hell a lot was cut out, but I, I don't know. It's got a few sound
3: effects on it. Yeah, Yeah, it has.
4: Yeah. Right. Uh, So, do you remember what you missed, Shane? Sorry? Do you remember what you missed on that, you know, from one to the other? No. No, sorry. Okay. Well, I was just going to say that uh, the radio version um, didn't include the. um... Oh, God. The drug addicts. What was that, What were they called?
3: Bl- bliss heads, is it? Yeah. The bliss heads. Yeah, yeah,
1: yes. yeah. That's another lovely little thing as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, so and it
1: was.
4: It was just an amazing description.
1: Mm. Yeah. So so addictive. You get hooked just by hearing about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not yep. sure quite how the pharmacology works on that one, but I'll go with it. I thought it was <laughs> you'd get addicted just by looking at it. It oh, could be, yeah, yeah, but still the pharmacology still isn't going to oh, work. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, Shane,
4: sorry.
0: No, that was, that was basically it, but I was, gonna okay. move on. I was actually going to move on to uh, the next book, Better Than Life.
1: Uh, so we get. Two books almost uh, bleed together, really. Better Than yeah. Life.
3: Which yeah. we don't get yeah. in a TV show.
4: Crichton and Rumour very much turning up in a woman's body.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a <laughs> nice. Trip. That's another thing that is um, great about the representation of um, Better Than Life in the books. It he goes deeper into Rumour's psychology
2: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah. just how screwed up he is
0: yeah
1: <laughs> I feel in the TV version I feel sorry for that because Lister and cat K- really pick on him when they were the ones that basically turned his head to rebel on himself when yeah. when Kat sabotaged yeah, okay, his they, scene with the father yeah they
4: they, they were all as bad as each other um, and <laughs> the cat wanting sort of be surrounded by... <laughs> <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Valkyrie is maidens. It six foot
3: yeah. <laughs> Valkyrie warriors with breasts you can ski
2: Yeah. And
4: very much wanting to be important and powerful. And, yeah, again, surrounded by sexy women, blah, blah, blah. And then Lista wanting to be surrounded by the sort of perfect, wonderful life.
0: And that is... Where, yeah, so always Christmas...
2: And that
1: is, exact, that is exactly how Cat would interpret the concept of hunting dogs, in my opinion. Mm, definitely. <laughs> actually, yeah, he's going to under all their interpretation of Cat, because he, it's exactly what they've been saying from the beginning, <laughs> that he's a vicious animal.
4: Yeah, and it's true. I mean, this book, actually, yeah.
2: it, it's pretty shocking. <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
1: There's a small bit in it as well. of oh, Cat TV, which is fun. I mean, it's only there for a paragraph or two, but you get this snapshot of what Cat thinks Cat TV is. And, you know, one of the most popular shows is where cats call in with their problems and the therapists and presenters laugh at their problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Nicely done. Mind you, some of those Dear Abby type shows could do with a bit more of that type of attitude with some of the inane things people write in about. Uh, They're just begging to be made into comedies, those style of shows. Uh, the rest are better than love, once they So get out of um, the game, it, 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 it explores some other really nice
0: things as well. Well, I'll stop you right there. Actually, the one thing I do actually like about that it, it takes. Well, I was going to say it takes a page of the Matrix, but it's the other way around. While they've actually haven't moved for such a long time, the muscles have atrophied. It, so oh, they yeah. need to, you know. And I've and I've and I've always liked that.
1: Well, that's actually real life too. That's one of the problems yeah. astronauts get when they come back is they have to do intensive training to rebuild you their know, muscles.
0: You know. You know, the science is correct on that, so.
1: But I love the prison sequence, too, for the disembodied consciousnesses. Consciousnesses. I'll learn how to speak yeah. English one day. <laughs> yeah, and the idea of uh, sound prisons. Yeah. Yeah. And also, um, Rimmer's wife that he imagined that's also still fitting in with his psyche because his psyche teaches him that everyone who he loves is going to betray him Mm. so to come up with a extremely beautiful and desirable wife who is also completely insane and is betraying him every chance she gets I think is perfectly suited to his character and in the audio book the voice Chris does for his brother is Ace Rimmer yeah yeah which, I mean, it's just a nice little production thing. That did, You know, Chris Barry's decided that, yeah, it's, it's Rimmer's psyche, so it's not really his brother. But, you know, they haven't encountered Ace Rimmer yet, but people are reading the books or listening to the audiobooks probably have. So it's Ace Rimmer. Well, he clearly idolises... I think it's Frank is the oldest brother, isn't it? yeah. Uh, he clearly idolises Frank, and I'm I'm of the theory and have been even before Ten Ed that all of the brothers are frauds, they were just better at conning the mother than he was, or even maybe the mother knows and she's just not letting on so that you know so she can torture him still.
4: Oh, I don't think they are. I honestly think that the the others are very very high up in the space corps.
2: No. Maybe high up yeah. in the
1: chicken soup repair department. <laughs> <laughs> well.
2: <laughs>
1: well, the older two might be. Um, I think evidence of that is kind of how Ace Rumor turns out. And, you know, we get a skewed perspective of, of the brothers through Arnold uh, Rumor's point of view. Yeah. You know, his brothers yeah. could be more like Ace are than what they're portraying them as. Yeah. But it, it works for Rimmer to think of. he worships Frank so much. It, it's, it makes sense for Rimmer to think of that as the noble hero type voice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I,
4: th- I, th- I think they're all stuffed up. <laughs> Absolute arseholes.
1: And
4: uh, Rimmer's had the. It, sort of. I don't know. He's, he's met the boys from The Dwarf. And so he's still very stuffed up and a pain in the Smag. House, but he. <laughs> He's levelled it out
2: slightly.
1: Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. He's just um. uh, Again, we're talking about the books. We're going into Rima's psychology in a way you just can't get into during in the TV series. And yeah, those of us who have read the books. See, read, see the series and especially the later series and it informs the performance, well not the performance it informs our reading of the performance I suppose and yeah, I, I, I'm wondering whether um, they'll do the same if they're doing another rewatch now and yeah. that once they read the books if their perception of room is going to change I think it might because I do think it informs performance too. Because later series are after Chris Barry's has d- done the readings, and actors yeah. love love having head to work from. So I'm sure that Barry has has done that too. He's incorporated incorporated all that into his own head canon Yeah, that, that's definitely a possibility. And um, yeah, it's, for Lister as well. I mean, for uh, Craig Charles as well. There's a lot of stuff in both books that can really inform his character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm, I say both books because purely because it's really difficult to take anything definite from Last Human and Backwards because they're written <coughs> by two creators respectively, and it, you know, there's so much <coughs> to see. Where each other gets input from the other. And, um, I mean, we, we'll go into it more later, but yeah, the first two books just they work so well together.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: I have to admit, with the last two, I haven't actually read them because they're impossible to get down here. I've only heard the abridged um, audiobook
0: versions. Right. Okay. Uh, I was going to talk about uh, This Is Death at the end of the
1: book. Yeah, that's treated really well. Mm. Really pointedly. Mm. It's a shame they weren't able to do anything like that in the series because that, that could have made a really good episode. Or, well, I mean, in a way, if they were able to do it so that, you know, they brought the character back, but just so that he could actually see the impact his death would have on the others, and how, no matter how much they hate him in some way, you know, that his death really impacts them. And, okay, you get a version of that with rumours, bones, funeral, if you get what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not quite the same. <laughs> because if you had a yeah. Red book you wouldn't think that R- Rimmer and the Cat would be up for taking Lister and the ashes of Christine Kintanzhi to another universe so that yeah. you could have a normal life. Yeah. you you just wouldn't think those two would go through with it. But they do. In the books and they actually feel like they mean it.
3: Something I mean, we uh, never get thus far in TV series is a definitive answer on what Earth is in the time frame of when Red Dwarf first left it. Uh, yeah. or since and uh, we get Garbage World at the end of oh, this that's book true. yeah yeah.
1: That's because even in Maroon we don't know what planet they've landed on
3: I yeah. think uh, a lot of us sort of you know again enjoy the really start of the first book and enjoy all the Garbage World stuff because it's a question we've always asked
2: yeah and it it,
3: it almost got into the TV series it got written for the end of series 8 didn't it in some yeah. way
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, a, in a, in
1: a, a, a way, yeah, because it wouldn't
3: still be going, probably. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. So the garbage um. world makes so much sense. <laughs> the, the future they've <laughs> written for humanity makes sense. The totally. Future of the planet Earth. That's depressingly yet, so. Can, yes. Depressingly, but it's the direction we're heading. Yes, it's um. I'm not going to make my depressing real world comment on that one because it's too depressing even for me. <laughs> uh,
0: but I think. I mean, unfortunately, uh. I'm going to move on to the. I'm actually going to move on to. Slightly move on to the next book, Backwards Now. Um, unfortunately, the uh, name of the third, of Backwards, has actually been ruined in the group.
2: Oh, no. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, so, yes. Yeah, um, but I was going to just talk about the end of the book when the Lister wakes up in the backward world you know and they Ethan and Angel are going to realise oh my god not this again <laughs> 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 I've had the same yeah, thought but, but they're going to too. be
1: really hesitant about reading backwards
3: yeah <laughs> uh, I don't know I'm not so sure on that because um, as a as an episode of the intro cast, they, uh, clearly in part have a massive reaction to the change in the series, watching it so closely together and being so invested in the character development of that second series that some, some of their low score is a betrayal of that. Um, it is. You're and, right. and other parts of it are, uh, a lack of character in that show. And the books as a whole tend to flesh the characters out a lot more, so they probably won't be so scared when they come to the third novel that it's going to be a characterless book.
1: However, after they've read it, it'll be interesting to see what they think. Let's not forget, Angela teaches English lit, so she's used to forcing herself to read things and even the title makes it look rubbish. Even the last two books have strength to them. I, I mean, I, I'm going to say now, I think backwards from is uh, in places it is immature, the humour, and...
4: That would be Rob Grant.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> it falls it, it, it flat in a lot of places for me. The beginning, though, the beginning is brilliant. When they're doing the whole chase through uh, Niagara Falls, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and that bit, the start of the book, is really nicely written. It's just later on when Lister and the cat are teenagers. When you do, you get you get adolescent humour along with adolescent characters. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: But then again, if you don't want to slap them, they're not really going to be selling the part as a teenager.
2: <laughs> I suppose. Uh, oh.
4: No, but I think I think it, it sort of proves that Rob Grant needs Stegna. I think
2: yeah, I think for, it's mutual.
0: I th- yeah, I think. They well, need
1: I'd say each for other. book for the books definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because
2: briefly onto
1: la- yeah briefly onto last year, I mean we'll do more later. Like but the problem with last year is in it places it's too depressing. Uh, too serious and not enough
3: humour. Yeah, definitely. I mean I found with last humour that a lot of the humour was cut and paste from the T V show episodes. And I found very little new humour in it.
0: Yeah. I mean the first two are, the first two books are amazing, but the second two books, you know, go down that cliff. I mean, if we didn't I'm gonna if you didn't have the first two books, then book three and book four would be good reads. They would. They, they would be good reads. But because the first two books are so absolutely amazing, book three and book four don't go anywhere near that. <laughs> yeah.
4: Book three you, and book four are still incredibly
0: clever. Yeah. But, oh um, well, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm not, not going to know that, but you know, compare th- if you're comparing. Three and four to one and two, they can't compete. Yeah. <laughs>
4: and yeah. they can't compete slightly on the side that that, that through the audio books it was Chris Barry reading them. Oh, yeah. well, that's true. And then that's we get you know we get Rob Grant and then um, Cr- uh, Craig Charles. Craig
1: Charles, which uh, was
4: uh, listenable but
0: not great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Tom, briefly back to what you said about the cut and paste in Last Human, the cut and paste yeah. humor Yeah. Yeah in backwards, there's a bit of cut play storylines in terms of you know the Ace Rimmer thing and a few others. Yeah, so I mean they're both guilty of
3: it. Well, all, all all four books are, aren't they? But um, my my point my point with last human was that's the only humour I found in it. I didn't right. find a lot of new hu- new humour in the stuff he'd added in. You know, whereas in the other books, I did. I mean, uh. In the first two books, they it feels like their imaginations greatly expand on the themes because no, they're no longer confined to a budget. And even in Backwards, with Rob writing alone, I still find the imagery and stuff he comes up with about the Backwards universe at the start of the book, new humour, with a ship crashing and having to sort of fly from a crash takeoff backwards, all that kind of stuff. You couldn't do it in the show, but there's a new idea here, you know. Yeah. Whereas with last last human, I found in, inventive character ideas, uh, but I was very switched off because I wasn't laughing and seeing the characters or the, or the shape of the shows that I know in that book.
4: Yeah, I can see what you mean.
3: One okay. thing, I, one thing I'll specify as an exception to that,
1: from my perspective, I do like the courtroom scene with the guilt judge. I think that's uh, that's pretty that's good. That's okay.
2: Yeah.
4: No,
1: um, I think. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, on a plus side for Last Human, it had at least for part of the story a female character in it. You know, you've got a Christine Kaczatsky in it, at least for part of it. Yeah. Even if it's not for long, but, you know. Again, <laughs> she could have been written a bit better.
4: She could have and, it, and yeah you're right. i really think that this was the last novel to be written and it was written well but sort of trying to cling on to everything that's come before and and what's happened in the tv shows or what's happened in previous books rather than a new fantastic novel which yeah certainly wasn't
1: Mm. Uh, the strength with the first two is you feel like their original ideas being explored by two writers who are enjoying the story they're telling.
0: Yeah,
4: yeah, rather than stringing it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um. I mean, uh, out the out the second two books, uh. Last human and backwards. Uh, which do you think is the best? Oh, sorry. sorry so me backwards. I, then the, the, so let me rephrase. Which one of the two do you think EastEnders will enjoy the most? I'm giving up.
3: I'm all not all sure,
4: that, really. I'm going
0: to say
4: last
3: human. I'm going to say backwards, but I don't. Not, but not by the title.
1: <laughs> yeah. My my um track record on predicting them, I think I've got one prediction right out of three since Ballercast is so bad that I'm not even going to take a fifty-fifty bet with it. Okay, really, it's too close for me to say. Oh, I'm gonna have to go for one of them now, aren't I? And don't forget, they're approaching this as full adults, so that their their opinion on it and their first impression is going to be very different to ours was when we were a lot younger first first reading them
0: yeah well
4: and reading and listening is, is a very different thing
1: yeah. yeah well i'd say that as a book they prefer lust human but as a okay. continuation of the previous books and exploration of cats you know exploration of stuff done in the series it would be backwards they're two very different things, and you, they, they probably would see the strength in both of them.
2: Okay, yeah, I,
0: I understand that, definitely, definitely.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. I do think they'll like that, in both senses, both books are like that, that, as we were talking about, things are fleshed out a lot more.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, has anybody got anything else to say? on oh, um, human or backwards.
3: You've got, um... Ace Rimmer stuff in backwards, and they're big Ace Rimmer fans. That's
0: stuff, true. That's r- they do. enjoy
3: So that's one that, of the reasons why I think they might like that best.
1: Yeah, and the Ace Rimmer you get from that, he, he's expanded on as well. And um, uh, even put- the um, lister of that world. Yep. Yeah. And both listers and, are actually fleshed out quite well. Yeah. Both the real and the, the false one.
3: Do they know at this point that the last two books are written by individual writers?
0: I think they do, but don't quote me on that.
3: As a reader, um, when I first came to them, I was like shocked by the opening of both books, you know, reading in last human that they'd split, and then reading in backwards that he Carried on the continuity of the second novel. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, don't these guys talk? <laughs> well, at the time, no. <laughs> exactly. No, they didn't. No, definitely yeah. not.
1: They're, from what we were told on the DVD documentaries, they were even mailing their, the copies of the chapters together on the, la- the, the last one they did work together yeah. on. So, so. Uh, I mean, I don't know this, but what's the relationship between the two of them like at the moment?
0: Uh, a lot, it's a lot better.
1: Yeah, that's that's the impression I got from um, Rob Grant's guest spot on, um, what was um, Robert Llewellyn's show again, that one where he's driving the guests around. Carpool. Carpool,
2: yeah. I
4: I think it's not really still on level territory, but they tolerate each other.
1: But Rob Grant wasn't sneering every time he said Doug Nala, so... (laughs) Yeah. So the impression is they probably wouldn't ever work together again, but at least they're on talking terms. Yes. 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 And we're not so sure about never working together either, because Doug Nailer has... I mean, Doug Naylor's hints. He hints at things just to see if he had reactions and have a laugh sometimes. That's obvious by this point. But he has hinted at occasionally that they've discussed working together again. So. Maybe that's actually discussion of doing a proper final book rather than TV stuff because it does feel like things are left hanging when you've got these two separate universe endings. Yeah. And in in a weird, twisted way, I could see them enjoying the idea of writing a fifth book where the two opposing stories both took place and you deal with the consequences of the fifth book.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Although one section I would love to see made into a, a sort of made for TV mini movie special, I loved the, the, um, the games. The, uh, oh, my mind's gone completely blank. The simulant games for how they were going to dispense with the last human. The whole setup for that, the duplicity of the, the better simulant, all of that was brilliant. You know, the the last human book does feel more cinematic than um, than it read does read as a novel because you've got the prologue which you know is about the first human, and when I read read that or listen to it, I, I basically see in my mind's eye it's done in a very filmatic way. Yep. And for, for and just in case Doug listens to this at some point and takes up that idea, my suggestion for the casting for the beta simulant who's duplicitous is the guy from, um, Back to Reality, the, the machine technician. <laughs> he would be perfect for that part. Although, remembering yet again now, um, that whole secret, it's almost lifted directly from Alien 3, where, yeah. um, You've got this whole um, maze and you know trap set up to direct the alien or direct the human into specific areas.
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a while since I've seen Alien three, but I do this I do uh, you get your point. Uh, well, we've been recording for almost an hour and a half, or well, well over an hour and a half now. <laughs> um, so. Uh, if, if anyone's got any uh, last points otherwise I think uh, I've covered
1: everything I wanted to say
0: cool well we'll be, we'll be back for uh, a brief roundup after this ad for the Down Below Babylon 5 intro Cast.
3: I was there at the dawn
0: of the third age of podcasting it began in the year 2014 with the start of Down Below a Babylon 5 introcast, located at DownBelowPodcast.com. It was a port of call for
5: geeks, nerds, podcasters, and wanderers from all over the world. It could be a silly place, but it was our last best hope for intelligent
0: analysis. Under the leadership of two veterans and two new viewers, Down Below was a dream-given forum, a place where everyone could come together, to discuss this show with mutual respect. Down Below was the first of the Babylon 5 intro cast. Listen to a story on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or DownBelowPodcast.com. So we're back. So, um... And we're back. Indeed we are, yes. (laughs) In black. Uh, yes. Yes, I should be back in red.
1: Oh, <laughs> I'm just giving a nod <laughs> to course. the anna- to the anniversary of Bon Scott's passing on the 19th of February.
0: <laughs> okay. Um we we haven't got any uh, we haven't actually got any uh feedback for this particular spoiler cast except um Nutty. Uh does anybody want to read Nutty's comment?
4: Yeah, she said uh, start off, Shane. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <I> thanks, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't know any more than Heath and Angela. Is that what she said?
0: Yeah, basically what she
1: said. Yes. <laughs>
2: yeah, good. Okay.
1: By the way, send us back the T-shirt. <laughs> What's the
3: uh, schedule of? releasing these final episodes on based on the book. Shane, what's the plan? Uh, okay. base,
0: basically, the, uh, well, the plan at the moment is we're going to do a three-week run of the Missing episodes. Right. Uh, then I'm going to chat with uh, Angela to see if she's actually read, read the uh, first book. If she hasn't, then I'm going to give them two or three weeks to, for her to read it. Uh, then it'll be uh, a monthly show from then on in. Got you. Giving them, you know, giving them a good month to actually read the entire book because, of course, they they're quite big books, aren't they? So yeah, and something tells me the
1: episodes when you record them will go a bit longer than the regular one.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: And Angela, exactly. Angela is an English literature specialist. Is probably going to want to read it through a couple of times.
0: Exactly. So you know, so it's going to be much more, uh, more of a monthly show. Uh, we might um, put a few specials in there, um, so people have actually got something to listen to. Well, you know, we, while we on well, we're on the month gap, but at the moment that's might be a bit of a uh, you know work in progress, shall we say? Sure. Well, and I
1: think the tornado trilogy is high on the list for that because that one worked pretty well with the first one for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I still haven't seen the second or third films. Yeah, yet. So, I think for an English for an
1: English person, mate, that's high treason.
3: <laughs> indeed. Well, indeed. I'm sitting here in a room that has a Shaun of the Dead and a Hot Fuzz uh, DVDs cardboard sign. You know that you get in stores. Yeah. When they when they put them out when they're first on sale, so that's yeah. how highly I regard those things. Yeah.
1: So I, still, and then? I still think Nick Cross best, best performance in anything I've seen him in.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, what I'm going to quickly do and quickly do what we've done uh, in the past two uh, spoiler casts is that I will name um, the episode or in this <laughs> case the books as well and we'll just quickly uh, do a quick yay or nay and what if we think he's an enjoy like it. Okay. So, first one will be the end division assembly.
1: Nay. Uh, nay. But well,
0: I can't nay. give us.
1: I can't give a simple answer seen to it,
2: that.
0: <laughs> I suppose what you've from what you've said, nay. Yeah, I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to agree with that. Yeah, so, I'm going uh, with an a nay too. Yeah. Uh, body snatcher. Yay. Nay. No. Okay.
1: Yeah, on the fence.
0: I'm going I think I'm gonna have to go for yay on on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, identity within, Yeah no. yay, definitely.
3: yay, yeah yay. Yeah. It's a for <laughs> yay, key, but they'll, I mean, they'll, 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 they'll
0: yay. Play. I think we're all agreed on that. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, infinity, infinity, welcomes careful drivers.
3: Super yay, yeah, yeah.
2: They'll love it.
0: Definitely
1: mm-hmm. yay and yes all the way. They're definitely gonna enjoy it. Yeah.
2: yeah better
0: than life yeah.
1: Yeah. Still a yay again. A yay. That
0: yeah. yay again yeah um the last human
3: nay uh
4: no nay nay
0: i'm gonna go I'm with gonna the qualified.
1: Go for a yay yeah i'm gonna go with a yay but qualified yay as i said earlier a <laughs> novel yay yeah. uh, continuation of the
0: series nay hmm yeah i am um, yeah i'm in t- i'm really in two minds about that myself actually My, uh, i'm gonna ha- i'm gonna have to go tentative- tentatively nay
4: i think it, it it's definitely something that that as as red dwarf fans we'd enjoy as an extension of the red Wolf fandom mm-hmm. but possibly not when yeah. you're a newbie
0: mm. and last but not least backwards Just it'll be
3: a yay for ace Roma. yeah uh,
4: yeah, I I think that that will sit in the middle.
1: I think yeah. it's gonna be a solid
3: on this one. Yeah, I think it's gonna
1: be a solid nay for the first like two to three chapters until they realise the logic actually does work now. And then yeah. for the rest <laughs> of the story it's gonna be a yay. Uh,
4: the logic doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it
1: <laughs> no, I'm gonna say at the reverse actually that the first part of the book they'll joy, so yay, but the last okay. part, when it goes to infantile humour, and uh, sorry, okay. um, immature humour and uh, the stuff yeah. with the whole teenager plot, although it's not the second half of the book, it's, it feels like it is when you're reading it, so they won't like that. I'm not sure about the ending, so it is going to be a, a rollercoaster for them, almost.
2: Yeah. I,
1: I, I think with the cringe factor for the name's going to affect the first couple of chapters.
3: I'm yeah. not sure with the western stuff whether they'll uh, like it as much as the episode or whether they'll just uh, think it's oh, a bit too similar or, or
2: not. I
4: I think they will appreciate it more than the
3: episode. But,
2: more than, the, okay. The,
4: yeah, the, the experiences and, and explanations that they have. I I don't think they're going to love it.
2: But I yeah, I, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest, I've got to reread it minute. to
3: really, really know what I feel about it because uh, mm. I'd forgotten it was in there and I've not had time to reread it yet. So. Mm. And I've <laughs> got to admit, Shane and I have got a bit of a, a standard perspective on that because we
1: both heard Angela's full reaction when I suggested the second episode of Series 10 was called Backward
0: Revisited. <laughs> 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 yeah, because uh, the come uh, on the Apocalypse is part of. Book is actually, not in the audio version, is it?
1: No, because I wasn't aware it was
0: in that book.
3: Mm. I've not heard that, so mm.
0: they cut that entire chunk out for some odd reason. What right. do you think? Uh,
3: it's a bridge, I... isn't it? Mm. Just, just for time, isn't
0: it? Yeah, mm. I mean, I, I don't know why. Because the thing is, the first two books are available um, unabridged. I mean, admittedly, they do clock in at eight hours plus. Mm, Some book, yeah, mm. but you know, book three and book book three and book four or not? They could, you know they they're abridged.
3: It's a sales thing, um, you know. The, the abridged thing you didn't really find them in shops to buy. You had to mm. sort of get a mail order or write off of them mostly. Mm. Uh, whereas the four cassette or two two cassettes, four sides, they're generally available in garages. W. H. Smith's everywhere, you
1: know. And with the two, the second two books, um, the third and fourth book, they're not even cataloged as available for bookstores here. So, so I have actually tried to get novel versions of them, but yeah, every bookstore I've gone to, when they've gone to the catalog, they have gone, no, no that book doesn't exist. You yeah, have to wonder whether they'll get reproduced uh, with the rising popularity of Audible and other things like that. Hopefully, let's start a let's start a um, a competition for it. We want Rather our whole than just a reprinting, yeah. Just Chris Barry read these two books as well,
2: yeah.
1: Yep. <laughs> we'll start a revolution in Red Bull fandom for it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: indeed, indeed. I am I am actually in May going to the MCM Comic Con. And um, even though they haven't actually announced any uh guests uh for uh for the uh Comic Con yet, uh at the last Comic Con they had Hattie Hayridge there. Oh she's a so, great Lord. Yeah. So fingers yeah. crossed, if I there is a member if there is a member of the uh Red Dwarf team at the Comic Con in May, then I'll definitely be demanding a uh uh, yeah, Chris Barry uh, reads the second, the third and fourth book.
1: <laughs> Great. Oh, sorry. I briefly want to say, very controversial on my part, but I prefer Brad. Hattie Havish as Holly.
0: Mm, yeah, I mean this, this <laughs> the thing the going on the slight tension here, but the thing with that though is that um, Hattie Havish didn't have much to do. She didn't, but
1: I don't know, it, I've got more love for her, her performance, I suppose. I mean, I love her, uh, what Norman Lovett does, but I, I don't know. It, it's a personal thing. Everyone's different.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, if I... any, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, I'm backing you up, mate. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Um, but um, we also, thanks for everyone to join me on this last spoiler cast. Sad day.
3: Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. let just bring the violins there, Shane. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. But
1: don't worry, <laughs> a hologram, a hologramic version will be resurrected in the near future.
4: Yay! <laughs> Yay! But we'll hate it. We'll yes. have to cope with it. We will
0: very much
2: hate it.
0: Uh, but <laughs> thanks for joining me on this uh, show, guys. And, yeah, we'll speak to you, well, speak to you... Uh, uh, Police touch next week. Oh. Bye-bye. bye bye, bye. 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 bye.